0: Welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time and we will try to do our best uh, to make sure we maximize that time uh, today, I do not have my green screen behind me. So if you are watching on Rumble or YouTube, you're gonna get an occasional glimpse at my bookshelf, possibly. Uh, that's behind me, uh, and it is what it is. I didn't uh, I didn't take the time to set up my green screen, so this is what you get. Uh, I know that it does reduce the quality a tiny bit, but the sound is really what we're going for, and the sound should be pristine still. So hopefully that is the case. All right. Today is gonna be a, a little bit challenging for you know you the listener, if you are invested in uh you know, is this the safety and the security of, of people just in general. Um, we are doing You're the Problem segment number nine, but there's going to be a little bit more storytelling in today's uh, podcast because I just recently uh, had the opportunity to sit in with some DEA uh, folks that are doing some uh, education around fentanyl and its direct link to border safety. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to be infusing empathy uh, at the border, and we're going to take on a little bit of the border uh, you know, crisis that is going on. It seems to be that more people are acknowledging that this is a crisis, which is good because uh, based on my purview from where I sit as a therapist, I see uh, pretty routinely addicts and uh, I, I see the the consequences of having an, an insecure border, which we, in fact, have a border that is not secure. Regardless of the rhetoric that we are hearing, uh, I have talked with Border Patrol folks myself. I know for s- certain from where I sit that the border can be uh, improved massively with very little effort. And that being said, um, I am not a political podcast. I am about our cultural issues, and I want to address the empathy of the situation. So what I'm going to do is talk about those that are crossing the border. Okay, so that's one angle. Uh, the Those that are trying to prevent border crossings, which would be the border patrol. All right. And then... On the other side of that, uh, you and me, we have to empathize with all three of those things. And there might be other opportunities for us to engage in empathy in this podcast. So I'm going to start with this this town hall that I, I, I was invited to and participated in, in my tiny little town of sandpoint idaho way up near the canadian border we have had fentanyl deaths in in sandpoint nearby in coeur d'alene a whole bunch in spokane washington so up here in our neck of the woods it is very real so this border issue is very relevant and if it's relevant here I guarantee it's relevant wherever you are. Guaranteed. If you don't know about it, you're part of the problem. I'm not kidding. This is is happening everywhere in the United States. And the beautiful part is, I was informed as to why the fentanyl crisis uh, and the border crisis are directly linked. So some of this is going to be information that's going to be new for some of you. Um, I, I hope it's not new for all of you, but there's a pretty good chance that for those of you who are not actively engaged in these conversations, this is going to be new. So please share this around. Let's get the word out about these real issues that are happening and affecting therapy in this tiny little place that I live way up at the North end of Idaho, right? Like if it's hitting here, it's definitely hitting everywhere. And so what I have here is I'm going to, I'm going to share some images for those of you on, uh, rumble or YouTube, uh, and I'm going to start with something very, very simple. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to show you an image right now of a blue pressed pill. This is one of the more common forms that we see fentanyl. It's you know blue, although it's not only blue because those of you who are watching, I just showed another image. This is their Skittle version. There's a chalk version that's coming out uh, that seems to be more prevalent on the East Coast right now. But these look like candy, the 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 Skittles looking ones. The blue ones look like an ordinary prescription medication. So you might go uh, out and say, "Wow, I need um, I need some Xanax." Let's say because I'm gonna have a party this weekend, and or, you know I I go to my, my I can't get it legally, so I go to a dealer and say. I would love some Xanax. You got some Xanax? And by the way, all this stuff is happening on social media. It's not just like these street deals are way less common than they used to be. It's, it's almost all being done on, on social media. People are buying and selling through social media. They deliver it to your door or they deliver it to the parking lot or whatever. So you show up and you get what you think are Xanax. You look at it; it's got similar prints. You're like, "Wow, this is great! I got Xanax, or I got, uh, you know, something, well, whatever. Fill in the blank with whatever medication you 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 want to get your hands some ADHD medicine uh, that that you know for uh, studying, so that you can study. Go ahead, get that. And guess what? It's fentanyl, and you're like, what? Yeah, that's how it's happening. And it looks just like this. Now, why is it coming through the border? There's a few reasons. It's coming through the border because uh, in Mexico, uh, they can order the chemicals to make fentanyl. Fentanyl is something like 50% stronger than uh, heroin and uh What is it? There's another one that I'm missing off the top of my head, but they make it look like things like Xanax, MDMA, uh, you know, uh, ADHD medication, like Ritalin, stuff like that. And it comes through Mexico because in Mexico, they can get the chemicals. Most of the chemicals come out of China. There's other places they come out of, but in Mexico, there's no regulation against it. Why? Uh, Supposedly, I don't know if this is factual Uh, But the DEA gentleman was saying that he uh, and he he couldn't he couldn't back it up with with where he got the information. But let's cut it in half. All right. He said about 65 percent of Mexico's economy is based around drugs, creating and selling drugs. Let's say it's 30 percent. That's still a lot of the economy that is dependent on drug sales. And that's a problem. So even if he is way off the mark, that's still a problem. But they can order the chemicals, have them shipped by the ton into Mexico, and they can just produce it. They produce it in the fields. They produce, I mean, they're not, it's not some big organization that is, uh, you know, making sure that every mixture is perfectly safe and right in the right amounts. That's not what they're doing. And then they send it across the border uh, on the backs of people who are trying to get to the United States. As part of the deal to get across, sometimes they carry fentanyl. And when they do, they carry it in huge quantities. The other thing that they'll do is they will send a group of a thousand people. Across the border to keep the border patrol busy processing people. Those people want into the country. So, what do they do then? While the border patrol is busy processing, because now all of a sudden, instead of 85, 90% of the people patrolling the border, you've got 85 to 90% of the border patrol folks processing people, which means we don't have enough people to watch as the drug smugglers are literally carrying bags and bags of things like fentanyl. Um, They'll do other things too, but the fentanyl is by far the most dangerous. So let's empathize. Hey, I want to cross the border from Mexico into America. Okay. In order to do that, all I have to do is carry a bag of drugs That's it, and deliver them to some person at this particular location within the next three days. Uh, Sounds like a good deal, considering how many thousands of dollars a lot of people are paying. If I could save that money and just deliver the drugs, wow, that's cheap. Now, if I get caught, that's a problem, but the goal, of course, then would be don't get caught. And then have some kind of a lie if I do get caught. That's a great deal. I can empathize with them. I can understand why people would want to do that. In their world, as before they cross, I could also fathom the idea that the cartel that's running all these drugs, if I say no, that could be dangerous for my life. So I can empathize with them on that as well, all right? As far as the cartel go, I could empathize with them. They're making money in the billions, not the millions. They are making money in the billions and supposedly multiple billions by their drug trade. Well, if that's the case, getting people to do it for free, I, that's a good deal. I can empathize with that. I don't agree with these things, but I can empathize. And if you can't, you're part of the problem, or at least possibly. All right. Can I empathize with you and me? Absolutely. Because all this stuff is going on at the border, what's happening for you and me? We're losing people that we love to addiction at a higher rate Than we have ever. Matter of fact, oh, okay, so this is interesting. Back it up. Time out. I don't want to mislead you. The addiction or the drug use among teens has actually dropped, it's gone down. But the death rate has boomed. Why? Because of things like fentanyl, these more powerful, more addictive substances. Fentanyl being one of the most addictive substances on the planet. It rivals that of things like sugar, which is highly addictive. Of course, not nearly as dangerous. So if the drug use is going down among teens, that's a good sign. But if deaths are going up, that means people are accessing fentanyl And maybe they don't even know it. Many times they don't even know it. They're not necessarily shooting up. They're not necessarily snorting it. It's coming in what they think is an ordinary prescription drug. So if I use it wisely, it's not dangerous. I have lots of friends on Ritalin. So getting myself some Ritalin I mean, it's not going to kill me. I know that I I don't, I'm not going to overdose on it, right? Until it's not actually Ritalin, but fentanyl. And they literally are making it look like other drugs. So I can empathize with you and me because addiction is such a strong, strong pull for people. And now they're being offered things like fentanyl, even inside on rare occasions, but still it does happen even in, in, uh, marijuana. Now, what they say is more common is that when it's found in marijuana, it's actually typically found in marijuana paraphernalia, meaning somebody has smoked fentanyl, uh, or done, di- you know, like diluted some fentanyl in pill form into, uh, the pipe or the bong. And so they're finding the residue in there, um, and so you can, you could be smoking marijuana, passing the pipe and all of a sudden, or it, they're finding it in things like K2, they're finding it in, uh, vapes, uh, they're, they're finding it in those things because that's where it, like they're, they're diluting it into those forms at times. And then the residue will sit there and it'll be, uh, be, be, uh, for somebody who's never had it, it'll be. Maybe a better high than they've ever had in their life, using what they think is THC, but turns out it's got fentanyl in it. It does not take very much. Uh, the you know the pencil tip uh, amount of fentanyl can kill a, a person. Um, you know less than a pencil tip, depending on you know like uh, the, the the potency. Um, it is uh, it is extremely dangerous stuff. And it's coming across the border. So, this border crisis is literally a matter of life and death. Literally. It's a life and death for those crossing the border. It's life and death for the cartel. It's life and death for citizens of the United States. It's life or death for Border Patrol. By the way, absorption of fentanyl through the skin can be dangerous. It's, uh, you know, it depends on a lot of factors. Um, But, you know, they they suggest anytime you're touching fentanyl that you would have gloves on. And that, uh, you know, preferably uh, there is no uh, contact anywhere with it even close to your face. Because inhaling, say, the powder, the fentanyl powder can kill a person. So what does this do? I want to empathize with people who die from a fentanyl overdose. But in order to do that, I need to explain to you the physiological stuff that happens. So it it attaches to these receptors in your brain, okay? Uh, A receptor on the top, and let me get my arm free, a receptor on the bottom, right? It attaches to them. And what that does is it tells your basic body functions slowed out, your heart, your lungs. And then when they do, when those receptors are filled with this fentanyl, a weird thing happens in your body. You cannot administer CPR effectively. It won't work. So you think, oh, if they just stop breathing, then I could put an oxygen mask on them and, shh, shh, shh. but it doesn't work because the lungs go rigid and they won't allow air in or air out. It just poof, they lock up. Think about it like, um, you 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 get a, a muscle cramp, one of those really bad bad muscle cramps, and it just won't give. It's locked and it will not give. That's what happens. That is the last sensations that they feel right before they die. Is they cannot catch their breath and everything locks into place. It's like a, an extreme rigidity of the body. That's terrible. And if you can't see that, you might be part of the problem. Okay. Let's empathize with you and me. If you saw your friend in that situation and you wanted, let's say you even knew how to do first aid CPR and all that kind of good stuff. I can empathize with you because the only thing that can help in that situation is NORCAM and then a quick move to the hospital. That's it. Why? Because the NORCAM is going to wear off quick. And as soon as it does, the fentanyl is going to reattach to those receptors. The NorCam, what it basically does is it knocks those receptors clear so that the breathing can start and the heart can continue. So the NorCam will literally save a life, but it wears off fast. And so if you don't end up at the hospital where you can get a NorCam drip until the fentanyl clears the system, you're still probably going to die. But what happens if you don't have NORCAM? I mean, how many of you have NORCAM in your first aid kit? I don't. Not yet. But I, because of this, I just might go get some. Not going to lie. Put it in my first aid kit. Not for me. I don't do drugs. Uh, but what if uh, somebody is at my place uh, visiting because I got kids. And I don't know that they do drugs and they, they pop a sleeping pill thinking it's a sleeping pill. It makes them feel good and go to sleep. And you know, it's somehow my daughter comes running to me like dad, 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 I need you. I need you. I need you. And I run in and they're not breathing. I mean, I- if I had NorCam, I would deliver it. Why? Because it comes in a nose spray, squirt, squirt. It's not going to harm them anymore if something else is going on. And then I administer first aid CPR, calling 911, doing the whole whole deal, right? But without the NorCam, if they had fentanyl in their system, I don't do them any good. None, zero. So let's go back and let's take a look uh, For those of you who are following along on uh, YouTube or Rumble, uh, I want to share something. I want to share an image, an image that I I just downloaded. It's so easy to get these images. That is a, uh, for those of you not watching, I, I put up on the screen a border patrol van. So a typical border crossing looks like this. You cross illegally. You go straight to the border patrol and you say, hey, I, uh, you know, I want into the country. Um, and, you know, they, they then proceed to check to make sure that there's no warrants for you, that, you know, you, uh, you know, you could come into the country. They ask your reason. They do all these things. They process them. By the way, they're getting so fancy. They can do this on a cell phone. That's right. The border patrol carry around these uh, cell phones that are uh, your processing people can scan documents and and all that kind of stuff. So this would be typical. Then they stick them in a van, they take them to a processing center, um, and or, or or they turn them back and they say, nope, you cannot come in um, right now because the border is not secure. Uh, there's there's not many people getting turned away. It's just the reality, and they're coming from all over, so that would be what looks typical. Um, you know, if you're seeing the image, you see people in ordinary clothing. They, you know, they, 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 they you, judging good or bad. It's hard to do it, right? You can't judge good or bad off of this. You know, their jeans. You know, they got you know hats on because it was cold. Probably, you know, several months ago in the winter time, something like that that's what they're doing. They're processing them in. And so that's a typical thing. Anybody who doesn't go through this process, especially right now when the door to the country right now is open, you know, with almost certainty, they have a warrant. They don't belong. They mean us harm. There is something like that going on. So anybody who doesn't go through this process because of the efficiency, uh, I heard a stat that they, they can process somebody in within about two minutes. Two minutes per person. That is crazy fast. And that means our border is effectively open. So let's empathize with the Border Patrol. What they want to do is shut down the cartel. I've heard it over and over. They don't want to be doing this. They have to do this, because these people cross uh, you know, I mean, I don't know what's going on in this particular image, but people crossing illegally, right, take their time away from keeping the cartel and the drugs out, finding the cartel and the drugs, finding the people who want to come into our country to harm us. So, I can empathize with you and me. Why? Because we're at greater risk and greater danger. Not all of them want to come in and harm us, but we have to be able to sort them appropriately, and we can't. We can't sort them and say, "Oh, you've got a good case here. You you know, you should stay until, you know, you know, we can, you know, so that you're safe here until the case comes up." You know, you don't have a good case. Um, so you're going to have to go through the ordinary way. You, <coughs> excuse me, you are you know, clearly here to harm us. And oh my gosh, your backpack is full of, oh, oh, fentanyl. So we don't want you. And now you go on the warning list. Like we're, we're not able to do any of that because we're so busy processing in thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And I understand wanting to get away from what's going on in Mexico right now. Um, And that is not a racial comment. The reality is, in Mexico, the cartel run the vast majority of the country. That means it's, it's by iron fist. It's my way or get out. And so I understand why many would want to get out. They either live in poverty or they have to follow what the cartel want, which means they give all of their money, all of their you know, stuff to the cartel. And that's a problem. So I can empathize with them. Um, as far as the border patrol goes, uh, basically what I'm hearing is they don't want to be doing this. They want to catch the cartel. And I, if you can't see that, then you might be part of the problem. Can we empathize with these people, love them, and send them back with compassion and care? Hell, yes, we can. Go back, do it the right way. That's all we're asking. That's all I'm asking, at least. Because what I don't want is an abundance of fentanyl streaming into our communities. Nope, not at all. If you're not going to bring that, if you're not going to come in here and do violence, if you, then I, I, I'm I'm happy to include you in our country the right way. I'm like I you know I've worked with uh, many illegals in the past from many countries. Good people. Do it the right way. We've got to keep the fentanyl out. We've got to keep it. There's a legal way to come into the country. We've got to follow it. That's what I would suggest. Look, segment nine, it's really about empathizing with all people involved. I didn't empathize with our politicians. Not in this one. So I'm going to save that for a later date. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a great day. Take care. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.